This episode is about the use cases of blockchain in the public sector, especially concerning sustainability. Have fun. Welcome to The Blockchain Lawyer, a podcast on technology and law. Dennis Hilleman is an accomplished lawyer with over 13 years of experience and a passion for creating a better future through blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive innovations. All statements expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the host and his guests only and are in no way legal or financial advice. And now, here is your host, Dennis. Hi, everyone. This is Dennis Hilleman. I'm glad you're back here on the Blockchain Lawyer podcast. I know I haven't been around too much lately, but expect far more regular updates from now on. Because, as you know, I've been super busy with Corona crisis, state aid law and everything in Germany. But now things uh, settle down a little bit. At least I hope so. Or I'm very sure it will. So therefore, I will focus more on blockchain subjects again. And one subject I'm going to talk about to you today is blockchain and the application use cases in the public sector. As you know, I'm working in the public sector as a lawyer. I'm counseling a federal ministry and our other federal bodies in Germany. And blockchain has the potential to also get a lot of use cases in the public sector. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So I hope you will enjoy this little episode. I know I've been talking about the use cases of blockchain in the public sector in the past, but it's good to take a step back today and have a look at the possible use cases again. That's also because there are a lot of more governments looking into blockchain and the possible use cases now. Governments worldwide realize the true potential of emerging technologies to provide better services and ensure transparency and accountability. And blockchain is one of the emerging technologies that is helping and will continue to help governments achieve transformation. Government departments and agencies are being increasingly pushed to be collaborative and share data across agencies, while at the same time maintain the security of the data in their care. I mean, that's what we all noticed during Corona crisis. We were all dependent on national bodies, administrations working well together, sharing data, but also making sure that this shared data, which is often health data and therefore quite sensitive, was not given to anybody who should know that and was still transferred secures. Governments and the public sector can leverage blockchain to offer improved efficiency, automation of processes, auditability, transparency, and trust. The digital government takes a step ahead and focuses on the provision of user-centric, agile, and innovative public services. The main benefits of applying blockchain technology in governments include several application specifics. Reduced economic costs, time and complexity in intergovernmental and public-private information exchanges that enhance the administrative function of governments. The reduction of bureaucracy, the discretion in power and corruption. All this and especially the reduction of corruption, induced by the use of distributed ledgers and programmable smart contracts with transparency. The increased automation, transparency, 
audibility and accountability of information government registries for the benefit of the citizens. We also, by blockchain, get increased trust of citizens and companies in administrative procedures and record keeping driven by the use of algorithms which are no longer under the sole control of the government. Because, as we all know, blockchain is actually very transparent and transparency helps to create a lot of trust in what the government does with your data, within transactions, and therefore can especially create a better understanding between citizens and the governments of what transparency is all about, of what the administration's procedures are all about, and therefore really, really help disrupt the classic understanding of interaction between citizens and governments. Because I think we all had the experience that we gave data to the government, to the administration, and never knew right, quite knew what is going on from there on. And as we all know, no other than the administration of the government have, has more data about us. Of course, some will argue that actually today Instagram or Facebook have a lot of data about us. But if you truly look at things, a lot of data is with the administration and public bodies. For example, in Germany, a lot of the healthcare services are public and therefore they have a lot of data about people. So if we want to be sure that such data is not misused in any way, blockchain can help to create that certainty because of the way that it grants transparency. So basically what I want to say is like in a world that sometimes feels weird, especially in these times and in a world that often we wonder what's the government, what our administrations really doing. And I can assure you, 99.99999% of all people I work with in administration and federal ministries are absolutely good girls and guys which who are very loyal to the citizens and would never misuse any data or misuse their power. But still, since you never know what's really going on, blockchain can help us all a little in our interactions with the administration to create more transparency and to create more trust. And perhaps in a time that often feels weird and where we can't really trust each other, for example, if someone is carrying the coronavirus or someone like, you know, I mean, what I'm basically saying in a world that is all about trust and interaction, especially in these times, then maybe blockchain can help a little to create that trust. Anyhow, let's look at specific use cases of blockchain in the public sector. First, we want to look at e-voting systems. I mean, we have a voting coming up in the US and you know, Trump is telling us a lot that votes by letter should be, could be misused and that there could be manipulation to the votes. And we all know that's pretty much bullshit probably that he just says to make sure that if in case he loses, he got an explanation. But what if we have an e-voting system that allows anyone to vote from home in a secure manner so that all this trash talk cannot work out? That's what e-voting is about. Voting procedures are an indispensable part of democracy. The new technology enables us to carry out the voting procedures using blockchain. 
The Innovation and Development Foundation presented the initiative for the implementation of the electronic voting process already in Ukraine, in South Korea, in South Korea the Ministry of Science in ACT and the National Election Committee, NEC, plan to test the implementation of blockchain technology within the own online voting system. The trial period has been scheduled and was conducted by the Korean Internet and Security Agency, KFSA, together with Seoul's National University's Blockchain Society. In 2018, several regions worldwide have announced the consideration of blockchain-based uh, systems for voting, such as Catalonia, which we know is already a very, very difficult state because of the separation plans from Spain, and the Japanese city of Tsukuba. I hope I pronounced that right. So you see, even if we are still far away from having an e-voting system for blockchain, it could be a use case for the future that is already being tested. And perhaps it will, it will still last a decade until it's implemented. It already shows that the use case that it really could change democracy and in that blockchain with its transparent code and its all systems of security could actually be a game changer in the future. Another use case in that we will probably find blockchain, and I just read a big article about that the other day and found it very, very interesting thesis that blockchain could actually disrupt taxes and fees. Global transactions characterize modern economic relations. The development leads to companies need to stay in line with a country's applicable VAT laws. At the same time, national fiscal authorities complain about the lack of effective monitoring of tax compliance. How should a fiscal body keep an overview of the different tax laws in, for example, all 27 EU member states? Therefore, according to a study published by the European Union in 2018, the value of unpired VAT in the European economic area is, established, is estimated at 147 billion euros. Imagine that, unpaid taxes, just VAT in the European Union of 137 billion euros. Money that the EU and the member states need now in this crisis to help people and companies that are very much struggling with corona. All parties involved in the supply chain could be obliged to document their transaction within a blockchain system, which provides billing data, shipping information, description of goods, cost, prices, VAT calculation, etc. The European tax authorities could use analysis software, also in the cloud, to calculate the taxes and identify possible cases of deceit early. On the side of entrepreneurs, VAT could be paid off as soon as a transaction is carried out using blockchain-based solution, such as those already are, uh, offered by the company Vertex. Check it out, vertinex.com. It would save all parties a considerable administrative burden. I think that's actually a very good idea. Um, in Germany, for example, if you run a company, you have to do 
every month a VAT declaration and pay your VAT. And that is a lot of money, um, a lot of administrative burden that is transferred every every month because, of course, no one could really like conduct this automatically. But if we use blockchain, if we got the programmable euro, and if we use systems that could deduct the VAT automatically, a lot of administrative burden would diminish. And the VAT would be paid as soon as the transfer is happening. And of course, that could absolutely help not only the um, companies to reduce their administrative burden concerning tax, but also the tax authorities to actually get the tax and like get the money that is owed. And I think that's a good idea. And I know there's a lot of talking about blockchain and taxes at currently. And probably that is why the central banks also look actually into central banks digital currencies because for tax reasons, not only that, that could actually help. And if we are going with VAT, we can just look into customs of well. The systems of VAT uh, collection can also apply to customs as the following as the example Kai Capgenimi um, shows. Capgenimi has developed a system for that. Like, for example, should the products um, be transferred to Germany after registration by truck? The involved customs authority of Austria and Germany could quickly determine over which border crossing and in which order the goods came to the EU and whether custom duties were already charged. An illegal import could be identified early. The recipient at the destination would be given the opportunity to know if these goods were probably imported into the EU and how long they were traveling. It can be particularly insubstantial for um, perishable products. Let's look at another use case. That's, of course, business registration, notary land register. For example, in Dubai, the business registration and application for any licenses have already been completely transferred to the blockchain. According to the official announcement, this strategy will save 140 million tons of CO2 emissions, coal uh, emissions, and up to 25.1 million work hours. Blockchains can make all kinds of record keeping more efficient. Priority tiles are a case in point. They tend to be susceptible to fraud as well as costly and labor-intensive to administer. Some countries are undertaking blockchain-based land registry projects. The Republic of Georgia commanded the deal with the uh, Bitfury Group to develop a blockchain system for priority titles of Reportedly, Hernando Solo, the high-profile economist and uh, property rights advocate, will be adver- advising on the project. But of course, that's not everything. If we look at the possibilities that blockchain offer, especially the transparency, we can see that governments could use blockchain in many ways to provide a better future. For example, we all know that we chafe, that we're facing a huge climate crisis and we all know that we need to produce and sell and consume products in a more sustainable way. 
Germany currently is looking into a new law concerning supply chains. Um, supply chains are, of course, a huge, huge, huge use case for blockchain. To make it simple, if you put the creation of a product and it's transferred on the blockchain, you can basically see in where the product was produced under which conditions and how sustainable the whole transport was. That's a huge use case, not only for sustainable reasons, but also for proving that you were in line with uh, certain um, quality uh, standards, that you were in line with, for example, also social standards. And of course, now sustainability plays a bigger role, uh, even more so uh, with the Green Deal of the European Union that may, wants to make Europe carbon-free by 2050. And Germany is actually looking into a law currently that will provide a much stricter supply chain um, regulation for the companies. And sustainability will play a big role. So if we want to import something, for example, let's say from India or Bangladesh, then of course we must ask ourselves if that is good for the environment and what's the carbon footprint of all of that. And while this is rather a question that is posed on the company level, if the government wants to imply that companies create more sustainable supply chains that don't destroy the climate, that are sustainable, especially in comparison to uh, earlier transportation, which are at best actually carbon-free, then we must impose duties on the companies to prove that sustainability. And from my understanding, you can only prove said sustainability if, we use, if you use a technology that is a non-manipulative, that you can change later, and that is B, transparent. And both aspects totally apply to blockchain. So what I'm saying is that while governments impose this law, you often hear what you demand from us is impossible, especially lobby groups within legislation often impose that new legislative projects would cost the companies and the economy, which is of course hard, which is of course shaken in a hard manner by the corona crisis, that it would cost too much. That there's no technology that would allow the ideas of the legislation to be implemented in reality. But I think what we as blockchain fans must say is that that is not true. We can create transparent supply chain routes via blockchain. We can show the carbon footprint by supply chains through blockchain technology. And what I think is that the government and the citizens who actually demand sustainability, most citizens do, none of us wants or want our children to die from floods and extreme heat in the future, that they can impose on, on companies to use technology that is actually fulfilling all these um, rules that are imposed on them. That is especially 
transparent and can show the carbon footprint of a supply chain. And that also changes the way that companies work because if we understand that there's such a technology, then it's right to discuss if such a technology should be implemented as part of the legislation. I mean this. So far, all our legislation is basically technology neutral. We have legislation that gives certain te technological rules, but it doesn't say which technology should fulfill these rules. And basically, this should be true and should stay the same for the future because it's not the state's, um, state's position to t say which technology is good and which is bad. We see that currently often this is differently treated now. Look at Trump and TikTok. He says TikTok, Chinese software is bad for the US because that's at least what he says. It could spy on us. It could damage national interest. But basically, if you take a step back, the state should mess with technology as such and shouldn't impose any special technology on companies. I'm fine with that. But if we have social demands, if we have, for example, the demand that supply chains should be far more sustainable and when we in the best way, even get a carbon-free su supply, which is probably not possible, but maybe which would be possible in an ideal world. Then I think it's right that the legislation is aware of that there are technologies, such as blockchain, that could change that, that could actually develop such a transparency. And that, that in this case, the legislation imposes on, on the companies to use technology that will match the legislative demands. It doesn't necessarily need to be blockchain. If there's another technology, perhaps a different DLT technology or even a centralized technology that will help to create such transparency, all is well. But what I want to say is that our legislation, our government must be aware that there is blockchain and that blockchain as a technology can actually lead to certain functions, to certain goals to be met in the economy. And if the legislative body is aware of that, then it can create laws that will impose rules on companies that they can only fulfill if they use a technology that can create transparency and is not manipulative. And one of these technologies could be blockchain. So you see, what is, that is what I mean when I think about blockchain in the public sector. It's not only about what administrative procedures we could change if we could be voting on the blockchain if all that could be deducted by the blockchain. Blockchain can also help to change our society and our economy in a way by making our government and the legislation legislative bodies aware of the possibilities that blockchain offers. And that's the message we all need to send out there when we're talking about blockchain in the public sector. What do you think about that? Let me know. 
let's discuss this on LinkedIn. Let's discuss this in my group, the Blockchain Lawyers Network. And I hope to hear from you again and see you and hear you soon on the Blockchain Lawyers podcast. Bye-bye for now. Hi, everyone. This is Dennis speaking. Before we head into the interview, I want to recommend to you to join the Blockchain Lawyers Network. It's a social network running on money networks where lawyers, entrepreneurs, and blockchainers from all over the world connect and discuss blockchain and regulation. We discuss matters like blockchain and privacy or the regulation of cryptocurrencies. I'd love for you to join. It's totally free. If you want to join, go to www.blockchainlawyersnetwork.com. That's one word, blockchainlawyersnetwork.com. Or you can also reach the network via the blockchain.lawyer. So either www.blockchainlawyersnetwork.com or the blockchain.lawyer. Happy to see you there. If you want to learn more about Dennis, please visit his website, theblockchain.lawyer, or connect with him on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, everyone. 